Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. We are glad you are taking advantage of this resource. If you would like to find out more information about our church or connect with us, go to cornerstonebv.org. You can also check us out on our Facebook page, at CornerstoneBV. We hope that the message today impacts your life and draws you closer in your walk with Christ. Man, all right. You can have a seat. Joker wants to race. Race? That's ridiculous. All right, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Put your window down! You want something? Uh, he's probably drunk. You're going the wrong way! What? You're going the wrong way! He says we're going the wrong way. Oh, he's drunk. How would he know where we're going? Yeah, how would he know? Thank you. Thanks a lot. Terrific. Thank you. <laughs> what a moron. You're going in the wrong direction. You're going to kill somebody. Always a dangerous thing to show a clip like that because you're like, we don't want to hear you preach. Let's show the rest of the movie. Can't do that. Go home and watch it, all right? Uh, but I, I love that icon- iconic scene because it's really an analogy a lot of times our life. And, and, and I, I think we can all agree, I hope, because I certainly have been there, um, where we're going the wrong way like we're, we're in our life. We're going the wrong direction. And then we get met with, whether it's a sermon or we open God's word or someone who's close to us says, hey, and, and, and we... We don't want to hear it, right? Like, we're, no, we're not. This is people, other people are going this way. And, and, and we tend to then surround ourselves with people who are like, yeah, go that way. That's the right way. And, and yet God has, what we want to talk about as we look at the rest of Peter's temple sermon is um, that there's another way, okay? There's a beautiful new direction. That sometimes we're going the wrong way. I don't know why I chose Pastor Bob's office as the wrong way, but I did last night, okay? And, and, and we're, we, we think, oh, if I just have this, this is the way to go. Everyone else is doing it this way. And God calls us to turn around. And he has this beautiful new direction in Christ that we are to go the right way. So let's pray as we come before God's word. Lord, I, um, I especially want to pray that your spirit would truly, as we just sang a couple of minutes ago, make us humble. We need humility, Lord, more than ever because we're often, we confess, the last to know, 
we're going the wrong way. And so, Lord, I pray that through your spirit, you'd remove any obstacles or walls or excuses or whatever it might be, whether it's someone who doesn't yet know Christ or those of us who are in Christ, but we're in some way going the wrong way. Invite us back to your grace and mercy and forgiveness and refreshment. It's for your beautiful and precious name, Lord Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Okay, so we uh, are going through the book of Acts, and, and uh, we left off chapter 3, uh, and we finished through verse 16. So if you want to follow along, we put it on the screen for you. Uh, you can find chapter 3, verse 17. You can use one of our pew Bibles, and if you don't own a Bible, take that home. If you know someone that doesn't have God's Word, take it. Give it to them as a gift from our church. We, we will gladly restock it. We want everyone to have God's Word. So if you, uh, and it's okay if you weren't, but we did leave kind of in the middle of this message that Peter was given. So let me catch you up. He and, uh, uh, remember, first of all, in, in, in the book of Acts, we've seen a mega church spring up in Jerusalem, right? O- over 3,000 people, and they're, they're living for, for, for Christ, and people are coming to know Christ, right? So it's like crazy, and it's good, but it's probably messy, and uh, all this is going on. And yet, almost all of them are Jewish at this point. And, and, and so they're still following Jewish practices. And, and, and uh, so John and, and Peter, two of the apostles, they go to the time of prayer at the temple. And in, as they're in the temple, they run into a man who had been crippled his whole entire life, never walked. And so they said, by the power in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand. And he does. And he's praising God. It's this amazing thing, right? And so this crowd forms. And they're all like, wow, right? They give the opportunity for, again, Peter to preach and to share a message, right? And of course, in a way only Peter can do, right? He says, this Jesus, right, that, that, that is the author of life, the Messiah, the Christ we've been waiting for, you help kill him. It's like, eh, not the best way to get people, right? But that's what he did, and it was so effective because they're feeling, oh, my goodness, we, 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 we didn't realize, what, what do we do, right? And, and so that's where we left him off um, last week. And so I, I want us to go through the rest of his, his message, and I want to show you an outline. It's how I look at it. I don't know if Peter would agree, but he'll probably have words with me someday, but for now we're okay. And I want to, the, the, the beginning of that outline is just simply, You are traveling the wrong way, a direction of sin. And so he he, uh, picks up that message, verse 17. And now, brothers, right, because of all that I just said, and now, what? I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ, his anointed one, right, would suffer, he thus fulfilled. And we'll get to that in a second, but... First, he's saying, hey, it doesn't mean it's not sin. It doesn't mean it's not wrong and rebellion against God in the wrong direction. But you didn't realize. You were in ignorance. You thought it was the right way. Right? We can all attest to this. Right? I mean, some of you right now are going the wrong way and you know it. But a lot of times, we're like, no, I'm pretty sure this is the right way. And we're doing this wrong stuff. And in their case, it was really bad. They're going in this wrong direction. He says, there was other people with you. You were all kind of like patting each other on the back. Yeah, right? Like, like yeah, crucify him. Barabbas, we don't want him. Kill Je- we want him. Kill Jesus. And, and you are actually part of the death of the author of life. And yet, he says what? 
that in that wrong way of sin, and, and a lot of us take this for granted, but imagine when this first clicked to them, where he's like, you helped kill God's anointed one, and yet in that action, in that sin, God used it as part of his plan to save you that he's been promising for generations through his prophets. He's been promising to send an anointed one. Isaiah 53 tells us that the servant of God will suffer for his people. This wasn't plan B or C, God going, oh no, these people really screwed it up. Look, somebody, Jesus, you've got to go down, right? This was always his plan that had been foretold and foretold. And so he's like, yes, you are ignorant. Yes, you are the wrong way. But in that, this Jesus went to the cross and died for that very sin of you putting him there. How crazy is the grace of God? How amazing is his goodness? And, and so he's giving them this, this opportunity to see you're in the wrong direction, but you're invited to turn. Because that's, if that's where it stops, you just wallow in, in shame. I've blown it, right? But it's not where he, he stops. The next part of the, the outline is that you're traveling a new, in a, the wrong direction, but a new direction will bring something. Actually, a couple things. And the first thing it brings is forgiveness. Watch how Peter puts it in verse 19. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Right, so, so repent means uh, uh, about face, right? You're going the wrong direction, but you're invited to turn around and go on this beautiful new direction that God has for you. And what is on this direction? Forgiveness. Your sins, even that gruesome sin, blotted out, which means wiped away. You see, I think, because I know I've kind of looked at it this way before, that even if you're a Christian in the room, you're, you're thinking uh, about your sins that it's sort of like this, all right? This is a, white, a whiteboard. I'm going to tie my shoe before I kill myself. Some of you are getting nervous. I can see the look. Um, so I got this whiteboard calendar, and it's like my life, right? And the notes section is, is, uh, 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 is blank. And it's like I, I, I do these, you know, this sin, right? And so it's on my record, sin. All those things, right? And so when I'm in Christ, I know, all right, I receive forgiveness. I sometimes think of it this way, that, that, that all right, Jesus paid for it. You're, you're, you're done, right? The sin is paid for, but it's still there for people to look at, for God to be like, all right, it's paid for, but I got my eye on you, all right? And don't mess up again, right? It, it's, 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 but that's not forgiveness. That might be how you forgive someone. That's not how God does it. Peter says what? That your sins are blotted out, which means to be completely wiped away. It's gone. He does not see it. He's too just for that. Jesus paid it in full. You get forgiveness. I think best illustration I can think of how we, we look at this. Um, a few months ago, well, I was stopped by the police. Look at some of you judgy. I'm like, really? You've never been stopped, huh? All right, okay. Guess it's just me. But anyway, let me tell you the story. I was, um, uh, I really wanted to support, we have a student uh, in our church, Bihava, who was on a basketball team that was going to the state championship. And they were playing the game in Lowell, which is about, a, about an hour or so away from here. And it was 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. So I was like, all right, I'll get out of the 11 o'clock 
I'll go up, watch the game, come back, get here for 5 o'clock where we have our, our youth ministry, right? So I'm like, all right, I think I can do it. So I did. I went up to Lowell, watched the game. They won. Awesome. Great celebration, right? Get in my car. I'm coming back. And I got all the way into Upton, which apparently everyone told me after the nine, you got to watch out in Upton. I didn't realize that, but I do now. And, and uh, so, so I'm, I'm rolling through. All I'm thinking about is uh, I only have a few minutes, but I'm starving. So I'm, that's what's in my mind is I'm rolling past. And that's in my mind what I was doing, rolling past the police. Apparently, I had a little more gas as I was rolling past. And, and I go, and I see it. And every time you see it, you're like, oh, 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 let me just hit the brakes a little bit. Like, that's going to matter, right? And, and I do that, and I see him pull out. I'm like, oh. And he's got his lights on. So then my next thought is, oh, okay. He's got a call. I'll pull over. He'll go past me, right? So I pull over, and he pulls up behind me. So now I'm like, maybe he saw my sermons online, and he wants to thank me. Why are you laughing? I thought that was a thing. Wasn't a thing at all. So he, he, he comes up, and he's, he's got the mask on, you know, and he, and he uh, cause I mean, <laughs> he should be afraid of me after how fast apparently I was going, because he looks at me, and I've never, I've been stopped before, in all honesty, and he looked at me, he goes, you were going really fast. And I'm like, I surprised a police officer, that can't be good, right? So he goes, oh, and then he goes, where are we going, home? And I paused and I said, do I play the pastor card or not? Because that can backfire. We're not beloved by everybody. Believe me, right? And so I'm like, okay. I said, well, can't hurt. I'm not doing so well right now. I've surprised him. So I said, actually, uh, I, I'm a pastor and I'm, I was up at a basketball game. I'm heading back to church now, blah, 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 right? And I could see the look on it. Just his eyes go, I'm going to give a ticket to a pastor on Sunday. He didn't say it, but I could see it. So then he's turning around to go back to his cruiser, and, he, and he, I didn't want him to do this, but he looks at my inspection sticker. And he goes, that is really overdue. I'm like, well, surprised him twice. Well, at least I got that going for him. And he's just shaking his head, and he goes back to the cruiser. I'm like praying, well, I'm, I'm in trouble here. He comes back with a piece of paper in his hand, and I'm like, well, that's never good, right? And he goes, all right, I'm going to give you a written warning. He goes, I really should give you a ticket. And I'm like, but? I'm not. But this is in the system. If someone else sees you, then I'm thinking, okay. So, so I, I'm just so thrilled, right? And, and I'm, in a way, for my transgressions, I'm forgiven. But only partly, right? They got their eye on me now. Grove through Sutton, there he is, right? The pastor who speeds on Sunday. And so I think, right, this is why I told this long story, uh, is we look at God's forgiveness that way, right? That he, that he, all right, I'll let you off this time, but I got my eye on you. And don't mess up again. Otherwise, right? And, and it's like, God never said that. That's not scriptural, but it's kind of how we feel towards others. So we ascribe it to ourselves in our own life. And, and, and that's why we need to see what Peter's telling us is that your record is not a written warning. It's completely wiped away. You need to let that simmer. Right, that, that, that whatever it is, for these people, I don't know what kind of sin we got in this room. I'm just imagining we got some big ones. That's how it goes. Is it bigger 
than killing the author of life? Even if it is, you can't out the cross. You can't out the perfect blood of Jesus. And that's Peter's point. Repent. Come in this beautiful way and have your sins blotted out completely where God doesn't even see you. Here's the thing, though. The outline continues. A new direction brings you more than just forgiveness. It brings you refreshment. Who doesn't like that? I don't know anyone who's like, I don't want refreshment. I don't want to feel refreshed. <laughs> like, I don't want to feel good. Like when that weary time when your life is just weary and you sit on the beach or maybe you go for a walk in your favorite place and you breathe and you go, oh, or you have that meal at that restaurant you love or that, that glass of water on a hot day and it's just like, oh. That, that, that this new beautiful direction offers that for your soul. Remember, uh, he's in the middle of a sentence, repent therefore, turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. And then he says, verse 20, that times, now notice that, plural, times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. So again, what he's saying there is, hey, all of our prophets, because they're, they're still a Jew, Jewish audience, you know what they've said. They've all looked forward to the end, the time when, when the Lord's anointed will restore all things. No more tears, no more pain, no more grief. Kingdom of God, right? That's coming in the end. The greatest refreshment of your soul, the presence of God in a way you can possibly imagine. But... So we all, if you're in Christ, you're going this way. You have that to look forward to. You can fix the hope of your eyes on that refreshment. But he says, there's also times of refreshing. And I know, I'm not going to do this, but I could call so many of you up and tell of us of a time when you were dealing with deep pain, grief, in a way, though, that God, in the middle of that, refreshed your soul. In a way that, you couldn't possibly even describe to someone who's never been there. That the, the Lord is the shepherd of shepherds. That he says, man, my, you, you, you have that burden that feels so heavy, and I will carry it for you. Right? Like, you, 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 you've been there if you're walking this road. Where even in the midst of grief and pain, the Lord Jesus and his presence ministers to your soul and spirit such a way and she just, that somebody probably said to you, why aren't you more distraught? I have no idea. Well, I do. Because God is good. And the kindness and goodness of Jesus is above all things. See, if we're going this direction, we continually bang our head against the wall. Right? More money. If I just have more, different relationships, and it never, ever, ever satisfies. But when we turn, and we, we go towards the goodness of Jesus, we feel a refreshment in our soul that we just can't explain. These times wait for his people. That's what you receive when you turn around, when you're going the wrong way, and you repent, and you turn. And he says, Peter, in, the, in, the, in, in his outline, this new direction, it's been promised forever, like since beginning. This isn't plan D or F or G. This is plan A. He's going to quote 
uh, Deuteronomy 18 and Leviticus 23, very familiar prophecies from Moses that, God, that the Jewish people were very familiar with. This is what he quotes. Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me, like Moses, from your brothers, from, from the Israelites. You shall listen to him and whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaimed these days. They had a prevailing view that, that, that uh, when the new covenant comes in his day of, of refreshing, his day of restoration, that God will raise up a prophet like Moses but greater because Moses was how God established the first covenant, right? But this is going to be the new and even greater covenant. And he's saying, this prophet is Jesus of Nazareth. The one our prophets have told us about. The one we've been waiting for. Turn to him. Turn to him. It's a more excellent and beautiful way. And lastly, he says, this new direction funnels through you. It doesn't stop. He says, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your father, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. All the families, right? God, having raised up his servant, that'd be Jesus, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. And so he says, hey, you are part of the family of Abraham. That means you're first to receive this new beautiful way. But... It shouldn't stop with you. You and I are kind of like a funnel, he's saying. At least that's how I see it. And, and uh, I'm going to clean this up because I know Elaine's very upset right now. It's thinking, how, what a mess. But um, I want you to see. This is actually seed. And so it, as, as the uh, Jewish people are, are coming to know Christ, that's great. It's filling up. But what he's saying is, it shouldn't stop with you. It's not just for you. It's meant to funnel through you to the other families, to the other Gentiles, and to keep going and going and going. Right? That, that, that God, when he spoke to Abraham, he didn't say, just your family's going to be blessed. Through you will come the seed who will be Jesus, and through you, all the families, all the nations, get to be offered this beautiful new way to repent, receive forgiveness, and blotted out your sin and refreshment of your soul. And so as Peter ends this message, I just want to ask a question. It's a simple question, but simple is not always easy. And the question is, what direction are you traveling in right now? And remember, some of us may be like, yeah, I know I shouldn't be, I, I know it. And we have all kinds of excuses. God, once I, what? Once I get on my feet, I'll start going your way. Once I clean it up, once I, once I, but God, if you only knew my situation, right? And, and, and I've done it. I've made those excuses. Some, some of you might be making those. So you know you're going the wrong way. The problem comes, and that's where I've been praying all week, is the spirit to show us when we're going the wrong way, and someone might tell us, and we're like, yeah, sure, moron. 
How would you know? Because we surround ourselves with people that say, no, 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 that's the right way. That's the right way to do marriage. That's the right way to do sex. That's the right way to to treat that person. That's what they deserve. That's what you deserve. That's what you should have. You're just blowing off some steam. Whenever I'm uh, uh, doing premarital counseling, I'll have the couple watch an older Christian movie now um, called Fireproof. And and it's a a, a movie Kirk Cameron stars, right? And it's about uh, a married couple and their marriage is just trash. It's, it's, It's in deep, deep trouble. And I tell them to watch it, and I say, I want you to notice two things to, for us to talk about when we get back together. The first is how they communicate and how communication can really, really, really destroy a marriage because their communication is just horrible. But the second thing, and why I bring it up now, is I'm like, watch how the husband and wife, who surrounds them and what is the effect. And so when you watch that, the wife, because they're both a mess. They both contributed to the mess, like not one's but But the wife is surrounded by some friends who just drink wine with her and tell her, oh, your husband's a bum, you deserve better. And she begins to have an emotional affair at work. The husband, even though he didn't ask for this, and was actually quite annoyed and frustrated most of the time, is surrounded by two Christian parents and a best friend who's also a Christian, and they keep telling him things he doesn't want to hear. They keep telling him, you're going the wrong way. And eventually you see it show him that there's something better. Not because he was any better than his wife, but he had people who spoke the hard things. Do you have those people in your life you've invited to say, share with me if you see it. If you see it, I don't want to go the wrong way. Sometimes I think I am, I'm going the right way and I'm, I'm about to destroy somebody, destroy myself. And so maybe you're not a Christian and maybe watching with us online, you're not a Christian. You're, you thought, oh, that wasn't for me. This way, right, this way, how I'm going to do life, pursuing money or pursuing uh, fame or pursuing success, whatever it is, I, I really thought that was the way. But I'm, I'm being confronted and understanding that God has such a better way for you. Repent and turn towards this most beautiful way that Christ has for you. But maybe you're a Christian. And I'll be the first to admit, and I don't think I'm the only one in the room. In fact, I'm going to ask you to do this. If you're a Christian, and you've ever, in your past, knew and woke up and said, man, I am going the wrong way, raise your hand. Keep them up. Look around. All right? All right, you can put them down. So If you're afraid to admit it, you're like, well, all these people are perfect and they're going the right way, except for that crazy pastor who gets stopped by cops all the time. I don't know. You're in good company, right? That that, that we've all been there. And so the most beautiful freeing thing is is just to be able to turn, right, and, and, and understand again and receive the forgiveness found in Jesus. It's blotted out. Right? What would I say? You can't out the cross. They didn't. You can. And maybe it's, this is where we really get in trouble. It's like, yeah, but I've blown it over and over. I knew the right way, and I spat in the face of it, and I ran. It's like, you know Jesus told one of his most famous parables just for you, right? It's called the lost son or the prodigal son. He, he, he told it that so you would understand. 
Like a son who completely squanders all of his, his father's money and ends up starving and eating with pigs, returns home hoping he can live in the barn and maybe do some chores, and his father runs to him. Jesus told you that because he wants you to know that's what God the Father does. That, that, that if you're continuing in the wrong way because you think he won't uh, receive you, you're your own worst enemy. Right? Receive the forgiveness found in Christ. Humble yourself to realize you can't pay off your sin. It's already been paid in full, blotted out, wiped away. And then the forgiveness of God and the goodness of God. Right? And you receive God's refreshment. Isn't that nice? Oh, for your soul. I can't carry it. So stop. I can't take the burden of shame anymore. So stop it. Let him take it. He's big enough. Give it to him. What I love about Peter is, is he's not just this big apostle going, you minions, you sinners. He's speaking like I do from experience. I mean, it wasn't that long ago where he's telling a little servant girl he's never known Jesus, never been with him, and may God curse me if I ever, if I'm lying. And then he realizes what he's done when the rooster crows. He runs out of the courtyard, and he's in a puddle of his own messy tears while Jesus is tortured. Think about how he must have felt. I'm over. I'm done. But then Jesus rises, meets him on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, has breakfast with him, and asks him three times, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? So that Peter will know that Jesus is saying, you are forgiven, you are restored, you are refreshed, you are mine, and I will never change. So Peter, in that experience, says, this can be the forgiveness you have too. The forgiveness found in the goodness of Jesus, in the cross, and in the resurrection, and the refreshment of your soul. Whatever you might go through right now, there are times of the Lord's presence to walk with you through it. Whatever dark night of grief or pain or loneliness or addiction or problem, Jesus will refresh your soul. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. That's what this better direction is offering. And so, maybe... All of that was for you, but maybe not. Maybe you're like, hey, I remember being there, Jamie, but right now I feel like I'm real. I'm not perfect. No, no absolutely not. But I'm, I'm, I'm going the right way. So maybe for you, besides a reminder, the only thing you need to hear is to be a funnel. Right? That message is not supposed to stop with you. Right? In fact, I would even say, like, imagine the inverted, uh, right? It kind of goes in, in you, the seed of the gospel. Let it funnel out. Don't let it stop with you. Like you God has put you in the school, the workplace, the family, the community. He's put you there. Not by accident. On purpose. On purpose. And so as you're watching people go the wrong way, it doesn't mean you jump in front of them and go, hey, you're going the wrong way. But you get purposefully in their lives. You pray for them. You look for opportunities. 
You show them that way. And as, as, as they start to ask you questions, man, I, I'm really a mess here. What do I do? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Come with me. Let me show you. Let me show you the way that God has for you. Let me show you the way to forgiveness. Let me show you the way to refreshment of your soul. Come. And let that filter through your life. Funnel through your life. Be that funnel. That's the mission. That's why we're in Uxbridge, Massachusetts. It started in Jerusalem. And here we are worshiping the same God. Why? Because people funneled that message. Funneled that message. And we're just our time. It's our time. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to ask you, what I'm going to ask God is to show the areas of your life that you don't want to admit is the wrong way, but it's, that's a hard thing. That takes the Holy Spirit to do a work, to remove your excuses, to remove the, the, the voices from the enemy saying, no, don't listen to that pastor, don't listen to the word of God, just keep going. So if you want to close your eyes or look down or look whatever's comfortable for you, let me pray. And you respond as God's presence leads you. Father, I pray first and foremost for those who have never, ever, ever repented and trusted in the grace found in Jesus Christ. And here they are. Would you give them the faith to lay their yes of faith down at the feet of Jesus who died for them, rose in victory, and is coming again. That they would know for the first time all their sins are blotted out and the refreshment of their soul that they long for. I pray that they would make that confession of faith, that you would give them that. Show them with clarity you're the only way, Jesus. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters in the room who are going the wrong way in some area of their life or lots of areas. And if they know it, Lord, you give them the courage to say, that's it, I'm done, I'm turning from it, and back to the forgiveness of Christ. But Lord, I especially pray for those who don't. Maybe they came in here thinking it was the right way. Would you strip the excuses away and the voice of the enemy you love them, Lord. Show them how much you love them, that you're willing to pursue them. Put people in their life who are willing to say, I see this and it's not going to help you. And that they would turn. Father, lastly, I pray that you would give us all eyes to see and ears to hear where we're to be a funnel for the goodness and grace of Jesus that you would use us in our families and homes and neighborhoods and workplaces and even in our church. That our lives, that our words would be authentic, that our integrity would show people the right way. That we would be a funnel where the seed of the gospel spreads everywhere we are. Use us, Lord. You don't need to. You invite us to. We want you to, Lord. We ask for that. May your name, Lord Jesus, be glorified in heaven and on earth. And may our song of praise be sweet to your ears. It's in Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Let's stand and sing together.